1: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 check.
0: Somewhere, Craig smile smiling. Twelve thirty-four at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. Hope you're having a uh, terrific Thursday. Let's get out here. It's a game night. The Edmonton Oilers are in action against the Buffalo Sabers, and you are listening to Oilers Now. The Chisler, a voice from the past. I asked people, "Would you resign, Andrew Kane?" We're twenty games in. I mean, the guy's been pretty good. Uh, this one comes to us from the Chisler out of Las Vegas. Bob, I will tell you point blank, and as an interested observer, the Oilers should definitely resign Kaner. He's impactful. He's threat every night, Bob. Spoiler alert, I heard you were a highly decorated Palm Springs pegboard champion circa 1987. Can you either confirm or deny this? I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about, Chiseler. I, I, I don't. All right. And again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. We'll get to more on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. But not before we go. For GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972, visit gcldiesel.com. Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBras joins us. Hi, Louis. How are you doing? I'm doing well today, Bob. What's going on? Well... Uh, Orders on a three-game winning streak. The team's getting healthier. And you know what? couple things of, uh, we're having this conversation. You know, it's a different team, right? It's a different team with Hyman coming in the off-season, And uh, we do have the trade deadline. But the fact of the matter is the Oilers did not give up an asset to get Evander Kane. And it's kind of tough to argue with what Evander Kane's provided Edmonton. He's got 10 goals in 21 games, and he's plus 10. So, between Hyman and Kane, and now that they're getting some bodies back, including Pauly Harvey, they're much deeper than they were at forward before, Louis. Yes, no
1: question. You know, it really does give them a lot of flexibility, and, you know, I like what Jay Woodcroft has done as of late. He shuffled some different people into different positions, and there's always kind of thinking in advance that goes on with coaching staffs. They understand that people are coming back into the lineup in a short period of time, but... They know now that Ryan McLeod can play up the lineup, he can play left wing, he can play center, which is a real good, versatile forward to have. Um, and a young player that I think has taken some real nice strides this year. Um, but, you know, Polier Arby comes back in, you throw him right back into that position that he's comfortable in, which anytime a player comes back into lineup, you want to go somewhere you're familiar with, you want to go somewhere comfortable. Um, as, as he talked about this morning too, you know, maybe not going to jump right into that top power play position in front of the net with the success that Yamamoto's had of that one two combination down low with McDavid back door. And his retrieval abilities on the power play he's done a nice job there. So he'll get a, an extended look there as well. But, you know, when you get healthy and you start to have as. Woodcroft said today, NHL caliber players coming back in your lineup. That's a good thing. That's a positive sign for Edmonton. They've weathered some storms this year with the injury front, especially in the back end. Chris Russell comes back in tonight. Um, When you look at it, how that's been overhauled in the last little while with Tyson Berry coming back into the lineup, Duncan Keith coming back into the lineup, it just really solidifies the back end. And now Evan Bouchard at 80 games played is the the low guy on that list. Um, You know, you've got... Essentially four of the of the defensemen um that are playing that have uh, six hundred plus games, which is pretty impressive.
0: Louis DeRoss joining us for G C L Diesel, Bob Stauffer and Rogers play the Evans and Letters and the Buffalo Sabres. So Louis, Evander Kane. Yeah. I mean
1: all right. I was listening to you on the drive home, I was listening a little bit to the start of your show there and you asked would you would you sign him back? Obviously you would. I mean, I think he's coming and done and done a tremendous job. I, I you know, I talk to people about Evander Kane because um, they ask me about him, and I say, "Listen, I said the thing that's impressed me the most about him is his stick, his awareness of where he is defensively, where he is positionally on the ice, both offensively and defensively. His 200-foot game. Uh, he manages his game well, and I and I think that's just a veteran player that knows where to go. He obviously has a nose around the net. He has 10 goals already. If he was here for a full season." He scores 30 40 in the position that he's in right now. Uh, he's already scored 30 a couple times so I don't I don't see why he wouldn't be able to do it again you know I don't see why he wouldn't be able to score 40 uh, with, with the type of player that he is and I think as he's matured as he's gotten older I think he just understands how to manage that game even better. We've seen him get involved with some swagger I don't you know he hasn't fought yet but you know what he's gotten involved physically he you know he's not afraid to give a guy a little shot and explain to him that he's here. And he's in the mix. Uh, he scores a lot of his goals around the net, which I think for Edmonton, with Zach Hyman coming on board this year, with Evander, Kane, Warren, Fogle, I think when he's playing um, the way he can play, that's, that's his strength. His strength is driving that puck to the net, creating that chaos around the net where you saw Devin Shore score a goal and a deflection. And Fogle get a lucky bounce for the first time in a while, but because of the way he was playing. Um, he created that lucky bounce, in my opinion. So, Evander Kane, I think, has rubbed off already in the short period of time that he's been at Edmonton on some of the players with some of his habits, and that's getting a stick in a lane, deflecting pucks, being a presence in front, um, good board work along the wall, both defensively and offensively. The big question, Bob, is what's the price point going to be? Yeah, you know, this is this is an elite player, so. Um, you know he's going to be a coveted free agent if he fi- finishes off the season the way he's playing I don't see any reason why he's not going to uh, he's come back in and been a real uh, positive signing for the Edmonton Oilers and that bodes well for him going forward for the Edmonton Oilers moving forward to the remainder of this year and, and into the playoffs hopefully for them which is obviously the ultimate goal to get into the dance and then see what you can do but uh, price point, what, what can you get him for? What's the contract going to look like? That's all going to be conversations that will be had down the road. And for Evander Kane, too, where's where's his comfort fit? This might be a place that seeing what he's seen so far and where he's being utilized and how he's playing and the centerman he's playing with here, Bingo. which are second to none. Um, so, you know, you look at that list, you've got you've got Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins as your one, two, three. Those aren't bad centermen to play with. He can play with any one of them, and I believe he'll have success with any one of them. So it's a pretty good fit. So sometimes that price point can get knocked down a bit because of a great fit. We'll see. Yeah. You know, listen, yes. The answer is yes. I would definitely consider resigning him in a big way. Um, the question is, can you get the deal done?
0: Yeah, I, I would think that somebody out there would offer him a three-year deal at 4000000 bucks. million. I'm not sure with the situation with Yaml. Employee, uh, You're going
1: to have to go a little north of that.
0: You think it's going to be north of that, eh? 100%. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, we'll. This see. guy's a thirty-goal scorer. Yep.
0: Yeah, we'll. Yep. Yeah.
1: He's a thirty-goal scorer in his sleep. He's done it on three teams. So
0: at minimum, he gets four million a year in uh, probably a three-year term, and that might scare off a lot of people. Louis debrus joining us. Bob Stauffer with you in Oiters now. Poliarvi comes back in, and, and Louis, for me, this is a. Du-
1: Sorry, I just want to. I want to just make sure we're clear there. That's what I think he's getting on the open market. Now, whether or not he decides to sign for less here again yeah. is one of those conversations yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that he's no, going to yeah. have to yeah. have with Kenny Holland. Yep. But if he goes to the open market, there will be teams that offer that.
0: All right, Uh Paul Yarby comes back in, and that means Zach Hyman moves from right to left wing. Uh, and you know, at times Paul Yarby has lacked some synchronicity with either McDavid or Drysettle. He's back in at right yeah. wing, but for me, it's 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 a double situation, a double switch because I think Zach Hyman's a better left wing than right wing. What about you?
1: I agree. I, you know, I we've talked about this at length a few times this year, and he's been good on both. Don't get me wrong. I, I think Zach Hyman's a good winger regardless of what side he's on, but there's no question his comfort zone is the left side. as a right-handed shot. He plays the left side. He drives better on the backhand side, and I would suggest that 95% of the players in the league would tell you the same thing, especially forwards. If you're going to drive around a defense, you're going to drive a puck to the net, it's easier on the backhand side. It's just a stronger side to drive. You can protect the puck more, the pucks out further with your dominant hand being to the outside. Um, it, I, I'm the same way. As a winger, I, I felt much more comfortable driving on the backhand side, protecting the puck. It's just a natural fit. Plus, when you do the button hook, which Zach Hyman likes to do a lot, yep. he's instantly on the forehand side. He's open to the whole play. He can drive on the forehand side, then get the shot to the middle. There's a lot of good things. Now, obviously, the hardest part about playing the offside are just some of the the differences in picking up the puck on the backhand side from the defensive zone. That puck's coming around. You're taking that hard around on the backhand side, um, or your back's to the wall. You're taking it in the skates and again you're making a pass from the backhand side so it's you know it's just the difference is there but he's he's gotten so comfortable at it that I don't see that being an issue at all and I just think that that skating and that driving down that left flank are where he's the most dominant so um, yes that's a good change I think it's going to be a positive change for Zach Hyman who's gone through a couple of Just, you know, tough stretches where I like to say he's unlucky. (laughs) He's not playing poorly. He's playing great, but he's just a little unlucky. He's not getting the bounces. And it's a lot better being unlucky than not playing well, I can tell you that. So I think he'll get back on that track. And then Pogliarvi comes back into the mix. Again, his natural position, the right side, a big body, uses that size effectively. For me, with Pogliarvi, the more basic and simpler he plays, the better. You know, he creates so much chaos on the forecheck. He, he gets in, he disrupts. He's a very good presence in front of the net, has a nose to get to the net. Um, it's just a finite little stuff that we've talked about so often with him when he tries to overplay, tries to make too many passes those things can, can go south for him a little bit quickly, but when he's got that straight north and south type of a game where he's looking to shoot the puck and hungry to get that shot away, he's a very, very strong player, and he's had a real good season. You know, when you look at it, yes, there's been some down times. Obviously, every player goes through that throughout the course of the season, but for Paul Yarby, um, there's been some stretches where he's been very dominant, and you know what, I expect him to step in. He looked pretty excited to jump right back in the
0: lineup tonight. Louis DeBros joining us for GCL Diesel. Bob Stauffer with you on Oilers Now. It is currently 1244 in oil country. All right, uh, Louis, um, you know, we got the NHL trade deadline coming up. Uh, Chris Russell back in tonight. Broberg down to LaFarm. I think at some point we could see either Broberg or Nima Line Linen recalled defensively unless Edmonton goes out and gets a third pairing left shot D. Put your GM hat on. If you were to improve one area of the Oilers team, what would it be? That would be it. That would be it?
1: You know, I know everybody's going to say goaltending, but the only reason I don't say that number one right now is it's pretty hard to make a deal for a number one goaltender right now at this stage of the season. Now, I'm not saying impossible. I know people are going to say, well, other people have made those deals. Okay, sure. You know what? Get on the phone, kick some tires, find out whatever can be done. But – I just think with Mike Smith having the time off that he's had, he's going to get the start tonight. It's a big start for Mike Smith and I believe he's going to be ready for it. I think he's he, he's mentally and physically ready for it, which is the most important, and uh, the team needs to play well in front of them against a very underrated Buffalo team right now. They're playing a real sound game and a real good team game right now, and they've, they've won four of the last six. They're not going to be an easy game tonight, for sure. That it, They have to have the same mentality they had against the Wings in the sense that it's a team playing free that's playing to an identity and playing hard Um, so the team in front of mike smith tonight is just as important as mike smith's game in my opinion Um, but that's the reason i'm not saying goaltender right now listen if he was to go out there and land a number one goaltender which we've had this conversation at length okay great that's an amazing pull-off i just don't see it happening so what i do see happening is trying to maybe Put some other pieces into place if he can make a trade that that solidifies the back end, for sure. Uh, Left-handed defenseman potentially in the the bottom four, just someone to really solidify. Um, You can always and never have enough defensive depth going into the playoffs, which is the goal for Edmonton. And I do believe they're going to get in there. Um, So they want to solidify that back end forward group wise. Yes, you can always add a veteran forward, you know, somebody that's been around, somebody that has that, that understanding of what it's like to play down the stretch and into the playoffs in a center position. You can never have too many centers, but I do believe the emergence of Ryan McLeod has maybe alleviated that a little bit, but again, you can never have too much depth. And I think Ken Holland's going to definitely search for that as well, but that would be the one place to answer your question. Long winded would be, yeah, everybody wants to bolster the back end going into the playoffs going down to the stretch run, and I don't see Edmonton being any different because of the problems they've had this year. They've had to dress a lot of young defensemen in positions, and we just talked about the four they had at one point in time that you know, I don't even know what the games combined were for Nemo Lyon and Broberg, Legacy and Bouchard at the time they were playing together, but I can tell you with Barry coming back into the next over 600 games, Chris Russell over 900 games, Duncan Keith over 1,200 games, that's a completely different back end now than it was three, four weeks ago when that was going down. Darnell Nurse, in the mid-400s, is your second lowest number of defense in games played. He's your best defenseman, so it looks pretty well in that regard, solidifying the back end.
0: All right, one final question. You mentioned Buffalo, so they made the blockbuster trade. Uh, they, you know, Jack Eichel, the old Sam Pollock line of thinking when he was... You know, running the Canadians in the powerhouse, and they had 400 players involved in, with C cards and everything. The old line was, "Whoever got the best player won the trade." The Buffalo Sabers got Tuck, they got Krebs, and they got Vegas's number one um, for Jack Eichel. They look like they look like. I'd say this: you can make an argument right now. It's looking like they got pretty good return for Jack Eichel.
1: They got really solid return. And, you know, that that Krebs line with Cousins and Henestrosi there other night versus Toronto in the Heritage Classic was their best line. Um, I, I, you know, and listen, I'm not trying to compare Jack Eichel to Eric Lindros here, but we all know what happened when Eric Lindros got traded. And the Quebec Nordique slash Colorado Avalanche got a big return on eric lindros and those players turned out to be amazing players i mean there's still a couple of young players here krebs is a guy for me that's going to get a real strong look he's on the power play he's put into a position that he never would have been early in vegas and he's a talented player and you know what he scored two goals in that game last game versus toronto so he's a guy that i think will flourish with that opportunity um, Dylan Cousins, I really like as a young player. Just just to mention that line, it's a real big combination. But, yeah, they've got a good return. Um, for them, the message was they wanted players that wanted to be in Buffalo, and they've got players that want to be there. They've got players that are happy to be there, are going to be hungry to play there, will work hard to play there. And it shows in their play. You watch the morning skate this morning, and I'll tell you, they were buzzing. They were buzzing. And I, and I don't put a whole a lot of um, – I don't want to invest a lot of – credibility and escape don't get me wrong but I just like the feel around the Buffalo Sabres right now it's good to see the Sabres back feeling that way and you know what I mean with the last few years with the way things have gone there it's been dark times it's been just a real negative environment and they've taken on a a lot of negative uh, uh, press because of it it's good to see them kind of starting to make strides and break through in a positive way because Let's face it; they're a team that's uh, that's always been interesting to talk about, and they want to get back to those ways.
0: Louis, I'll leave you with this. I remember, you know, TBS was a big deal in the states, and we used to get Atlanta Braves baseball. And I was, a, as you know, a fantasy uh, baseball guy in the late '80s and early '90s. And when the Lindros ruling came down. Uh, the broadcasters, and at that time it would have been Skip Carey, and I'm thinking Don Sutton, and they said, oh, this trade has just come in, it's been made official. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers uh, have traded. Here's the trade. The Philadelphia Flyers to the Quebec Nordique, Steve Duchesne, the rights to Peter Forsberg, Ron Hextall, Kerry Huffman, Mike Ricci, uh, Chris Simon, the Flyers' number one pick in 1993 and the Flyers' number one pick in 1994 and $15 million for, for Eric Lindros. Like,
1: for, that, the, for the that's right stuff. franchise-changing right. trade. It it really now listen, he was still the best player. You're right. So that's the only reason why I'm saying be careful. Now, he did get the Flyers to the Stanley Cup final. They lost four straight to Detroit. Yeah. But you know what? I'll tell you what. That, that, that trade set up the Colorado Avalanche, you for said, years. for years and still today has that trickle-down effect. I, I, I mean, I, it's, I, it's incredible what it can do. So I'm not saying that the Jack Eichel trade is going to do the same for the Buffalo Sabres, but in the position the Buffalo Sabres yeah. are in right now, it certainly has... Um, bolstered their roster, given them a number of opportunities and options, and that's that's the
0: direction they wanted to go. It was a good trade. I've, uh, again, so the uh, rights to Forsberg. Hextall, Huffman, Richie, Simon, two number ones and $15 million. Skip Carey <laughs> reads the trade-off for the right
1: th- 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 for the rights there Eric Lindros
0: trade. and Don Sutton. Louis goes, Don Sutton goes, I gotta tell you, Skip, I don't know a damn thing about hockey, but this Lindros guy must be something. <laughs> Just,
1: uh, well, you know what? Well, he was the best player in the game for a, a, for a big chunk of time. Yeah. You know, he was the most dominant player in the game, and there's no question a combination of size, toughness, and skill that I don't know if we've ever seen.
0: I don't know if we've ever seen that before or since. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. Awesome stuff, Dog. Thanks for your time. All right, take care, buddy. You bet. Uh, That is uh, Louis DeBras joining us from uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. When we come back, uh, we will get to the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown. It is currently 1252 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now.
1: Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched.
0: Thanks a lot, Connor. Bob Stoffer, Brennan Scott with you. It's 1255 in Edmonton. Some guests on the show receive certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Ninety-nine ninety. Jasper Avenue, Roos Chris, the 99th Roos Chris Open uh, in North America. Tell Chris, Daphne, and Brendan that Oilers Now sent you. As we head off to the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers. It's this simple. They're the best. They get you unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, most importantly, unrivaled results. James H. Brown. So, the Edmonton Oilers have uh, made it official. Uh, less than 20 minutes ago, they officially activated both Chris Russell and Yes Pogliarvi for tonight's game. That leaves Ryan Nugent Hopkins is the only regular not available. Um, Ken Holland saying yesterday, possibly within the next two weeks, r returns likely in a three-hole, centering Fogel and Derek Ryan. Devin Shore is there for tonight's game. Kyle Turris is on LTIR with an upper-body challenge, and Oscar Kluffbaum of course, shut down for uh, the last couple seasons. Career likely, well, we'll see. You never know. Never say never, I guess, but he hasn't played the last two years uh, due to uh, some uh, ongoing shoulder challenges. Did have shoulder surgery. Nothing to update on that front. Brad Malone and William Waggison will be the healthy scratches. Mike Smith starts in goal for Edmonton. Buffalo is going to activate both Colin Miller. That will scratch Robert Haig. He's a left shot defender that uh, probably a default position for some organizations. Um, He's got a little bit of a bite in his game. Can certainly defend and has some experience. Spent four seasons with the Flyers. But Colin Miller is in uh, tonight on defense. And Zemmiss Gergensen gets activated. They've both been out a while. Uh, Casey Fitzgerald, the son of Tom Fitzgerald, the GM of the New Jersey Devils. They're here. Actually, they're going to be at the game tonight. Uh, (laughs) They'll... uh... Uh, he is out, uh, with an upper body, uh, he got in a fight, got hurt in the fight, uh, Butcher back in the lineup, uh, or not in the lineup type, healthy scratch. Malcolm Suban shut down for the year, upper body. Drake Cajulo, the former leader, had back surgery as well. And honors Bjork has played himself right out of the lineup. Um, this is a guy that got us part of that Taylor Hall trade last year. Twelve fifty-seven in Edmonton. I asked you about Evander Kane. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line, um, Uh, This one comes in. Hey, Bob, insert Connor's name for Lindros, and the question is, would it be enough, even knowing how all these players panned out, laugh out loud, crazy to think, in my opinion, I'd rather have 97 and keep building. Uh, What he shows us every night is amazing. Well, I think we all, you know, Lindros was a different situation. I mean, he refused to go to Quebec City. The Lindros family did not uh, trust Marcelo Boo. They turned out to be right. And you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, Lindros was not the best player in that trade. Forsberg was. Colorado stole him from Philly. Yeah, as it turned out, Forsberg was damn good too. But from 92 to 97, Eric was the best player in the game. Bob, can you give a shout-out to the Lacombe Generals? Round three of the playoffs start Friday against Camrose, I believe. Well, I hope you got the teams right if you're asking me to give them a shout because I don't know that off the top. Bob, I believe Brett Kulak is going to be available, hometown defender. I would say Brett Kulak's probably on the radar screen as a left-shot D-man. Canadians would have to eat some of the money. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, for Canadian Power Pack, Kevin Weeks from ESPN and the NHL Network. You're listening to Oilers Now.